Russell. It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Friday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner. And Boone, we've uh we've hit the jackpot again, man. We we've uh, we've lucked out once again. Studios full, uh within six foot capacity. I mean we're we're within <laughs> regulations, but uh Boone Boone, man, we've got us a full house in here as as Coach Tony Iruli's in studio and David Evans, man. a uh, Blunt County uh football athletic legend. Uh, a lot of history there from Friendsville all the way through Maryville College and uh, a lot of stories to be unwound right here uh, on studio. But, David, Tony, uh, welcome in. Always excited to have guys in studio. Thank you, Wayne. I'm just absolutely uh, thrilled to be here and honored that you guys would ask me to come. Well, I know why I was glad because you know I always bring donuts. So uh, Tony <laughs> Tony does uh, bring a certain sweet tooth with him. I'll say that. It's so we're a, always well said when I when I'm here. Right. A, he moved up to two bags today, yeah, Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well the need is is there. So <laughs> uh, appreciate you guys coming sure, in. Well, and, and again, David, uh, always uh, one of the things we we kind of try to focus on is we we will like sports from a fan's perspective but but being blunt county sports station now we want to unwind that that side of things that mm-hmm. and, and and through every corner we've we've talked to lanier guys boone's a lanier guy we've talked to we're going to talk to friendsville now uh we've talked to well maryville call or maryville high school alcoa and we we've kind of unwound a lot of different things and and some things that continue to be be the same is is just really tough football uh, all throughout the county through the last several several decades and, and then there's just great players great coaches great stories to be told and and that's what we hope to do today okay yeah that's uh agree with you 100 percent there blunt county as far as i'm concerned is the capital of high school football for for tennessee oh absolutely especially especially i mean i know for a long long time but uh statistically from the year 2000 i mean it just i think there's uh between alcoa and maryville uh, there's there's 35 state championships and, yes. and most of those came since the year 2000. That's so that's right. crazy. Uh, but but Boone, uh, y- you walked in, you saw David, and you shuddered, and you said y- that his truck reminded you of the way he hit in football. And I knew that was going to be a good show <laughs> from that point. Yeah, it's, oh. when when you get out of your car and you look up and you open the door and you're looking at Ram Tough. <laughs> David, you, you may not remember, but you gave me quite a few headaches in high school. I was the guy trying to run it, and you were a <laughs> defensive tackle, and you're like, not on my side, buddy. We we locked horns a few times, did we not, Dave? Absolutely, we did. Uh, Lanier was uh, stocked with uh, – well, Lanier and Friendsville both uh, had uh, quite a few great athletes uh, coming up through the years that we played, and, and the Lanier-Friendsville game was always one that – that, uh, you know, we always look forward to. You know, our high school at Friendsville, we had uh, two or three main rivalries every year that we really uh, got involved with. Uh, Lanier was one, of course, Wallen, uh, Porter, and then uh, Loudoun County, but we, we consider it to be uh, Blunt County, and that's Greenback. So right. uh, th- those teams were the teams that Friendsville wanted to beat every year. We didn't fare too well in uh, football often, but uh, we did pretty good in basketball. 
Now, now Boone tells me it, you you didn't much get into football till real late. Uh, like high school, like eighth grade was kind of when you just picked it up. Is that true? That is true. Um, you, you imagine know. how good he'd have hit Boone if he'd have picked up earlier? Oh, if he would have had seven or eight years on him, it would uh, not have been a fun ordeal. Boone might not – he might have had to do the show from the parking lot. Yeah. He might have still been scared. Well, no, I think I'm getting a little more credit than what I really was. But, you know, <laughs> back in those days, uh, yes, I didn't start playing until the spring of my eighth grade year. And the reason for that is is that I was too darn big for uh, youth football then. <laughs> I don't know a lot of people. I, I, I coached youth football for about 29 years here in Blount County, and the weight limits in that program have went from when I would have played uh, for midget football, the max weight limit was 124. Oh, wow. And the, when I left, it was uh, 165 or something like that. And that's where I was at mm -hmm. at that age, that, you know, 11, 12 age, I was at that age. So that – prohibited me from going on the football field but you know what I, what I did do is I played basketball mm -hmm. and that was my first love and I started playing at Friendsville Elementary probably in fifth sixth grade and really football was not even on my mind uh, as I come up into the eighth grade and I got approached by some of the coaching staff wanted me to come out and I went out there in the eighth grade uh, that summer and that spring and absolutely got the fool beat out of me um, didn't know what I was doing uh, it's kind of like a big big puppy out there getting knocked all over the place. Guys like Charlie Conley and uh, and uh, David Walters, uh, you know, they they rang my bell every day. Uh, and and uh, you know, in the end, um, it taught me a lot. And when I decided I was going to stick with it, I got serious that that uh, that summer uh, and coming into my sophomore year and, and started really focusing hard on what it would take to be a player. So. Um, uh, but that, those early days trying to learn the game and just learn the things that everybody else has learned when they were, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, that was, that was a tough, tough period right there. Hey, David, uh, you uh, actually played some at fullback, and that almost curtailed your career. You want to share that with the audience? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I was an offensive lineman, defensive tackle. I was probably, when I first started playing, uh, maybe 6'1", about 250, uh, 255, uh, pretty much a baby Huey in those early years. <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I, I started growing up uh, at the end of my junior year, and so when we came out to practice uh, my senior year, uh, you know, during sprints I was finishing in the top three or four. You know? uh, and uh, so one day Coach Finley, uh, Charlie Finley, uh, you know, rest in peace, Coach. Great um, guy. Remember yeah, Charlie. Awesome man. Uh, he walked up to me and said, you know, Dave, uh, what would you think about playing fullback? And and I said, well, you know, never played running back, but uh, I'll give it a shot if it, you think it'll help the team. And uh, so I, I played fullback for a while. Uh, learned I never wanted to play running back again. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fortunately, the good Lord took me out of it. I got my, my right hand broke. Uh, got three bones broke in my right hand covering the football while I was getting stood up and plastered. Uh, and but you know I had uh, I had some good memories of playing that position, uh, you know uh, I remember playing Lanier Booner uh, and playing fullback and you know taking you know taking the handoff and hitting the line and all I could see was uh, white and yellow helmets and uh, it was, was Boone, like was Boone one of them? 
I don't remember. I, th- there were so many of them. I couldn't. I, I thought the entire bench had cleared off the cleared off the uh, yeah. sideline. But I ended up. Uh, you know, I, that's what I remember of that time. And then one time against Porter, yeah. I uh, I rolled out into the flat. Uh, you know, took a fake, uh, went inside, and then rolled out in the flat. Yeah. Yeah, caught the pass, turned it up, and I turned upfield, and and it was just wide open. All I could see was green. So I, you know, I stood on it and took off. And next thing I know, one of the Brackett brothers from Porter, you know, uh, those two guys were awesome football players. Came, all I saw was a was a flash of a white helmet with a P on the side of it, at, right at my knees. And uh, I think I spun in the air, did at least a 360 before I hit on my head, and I fumbled the football. <laughs> and that, and it wasn't shortly after that the good Lord said, you don't need to be playing running back no more. I'm going to break your hand. <laughs> so that took me out of that. And uh, and I spent the rest of the year in what I call the, the – the, I was a club cadet with a club on my hand and played back in the offensive line. Yeah, actually played yeah. guard because I couldn't snap. Because you couldn't snap. <laughs> I couldn't snap. No, it was my right hand. <laughs> hey, uh, Mike, Mike uh, Brackett was the quarterback and Pat was the receiver. And then, of course, they both played uh, defensive back on defense. But all those Blunt County teams, David, it's, it's not like we ever had a game where we said, you know what, this, this is the go-easy week. This is a sure win. We were just so competitive back in the 70s, and I think that tradition has catapulted us to the 2000s, all of us little kids growing up and watching and getting some of these championship rings, don't you? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look back there, we had six, what was it, six teams in Blunt County, community teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they put, uh, you know, 45, 50 players on the field every year. Um, you know, they all of the players uh, usually played both ways in a lot of situations. They played basketball, they played baseball, and it was just a great situation. Very competitive. We all knew each other. Uh, you know, back then we used to cruise, cruise the, the the middle and center back then, and we all saw each other there. And it was more of a one. Uh, uh, a very, very competitive, and when we walked on the field on Friday night, there was a deep desire to beat whoever you were playing just because y- you knew each other and uh, you didn't want to be on the short end of the stick. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're going to have to talk about it at Midland, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You're going to have to sit <laughs> on the hood of your car and, and you know basically give reason to why you got your rear end beat, and, and that never was any fun. Right. And that's how athletics have really changed, especially in the high school area, where, you know, you were always thought of, of of a person playing two or three sports, and uh, you know today it's been so specialized where you know you play one sport and it's all year round. And if you don't go to the summer camps and you don't mm-hmm. go to the uh, off season uh, uh, specialty t- uh, team competitions and all that, I mean you know it's hard for a person to to stick. And you know you used to play football in the fall, or then played basketball, or played baseball, or. Play two or three sports, yeah, and now right. now it's hard to find those type of uh, type of players because it's, they're being discouraged from playing more than uh, one sport. Well, you know, at Friendsville, we were never, you know, we were more of a, a, a basketball power, yeah, if you will. Sure. And you know, tradition there for me for four years when October thirty rolled around, you hung the cleats up and you put on the Chuck Taylors. There you go. And and you hit the hardwood and you started getting into basketball shape and. Uh, that was tradition for all of us there. Uh, you know, Coach Bill Wallace uh, was – I had Donnie Moore as a coach for – or Don Moore for the first – you know, my freshman year in 74. And then I had Bill Wallace after that through the entire time. So, he doubles football and basketball. 
So it was just a transition from one sport to another for a tremendous number of us that were on that football team. I did try to go out for baseball, but Coach Wallace coached that too, and he said I probably wasn't a baseball player. So, you know, I <laughs> figured that football. one out real quick. Yeah, I, I yeah. think he did. But, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, it was a great opportunity to play multiple sports, and I think a lot of kids are forced to specialize mm-hmm. today. I know my son specialized in nothing but uh, football, and uh, some of them wrestled, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, and, and and I think that's something that even in the local area, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to be 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 on the radio team for Maryville High School, and and, and guys like AJ Davis, mm-hmm. uh, Albert Davis's grandson, mm-hmm. uh, he he uh, he played basketball and some baseball. He didn't play at his senior year baseball, but he played basketball, which nobody played, I guess, baseball their their senior year this year. Yeah. But but uh, Ashton Maples, he he got to play multiple sports, mm-hmm. yep. and a couple of other the kids. So uh, again, Blunt County, it, they they haven't had to go that extreme to right. this point yet in, in some some cases athletically so I, I think that's another strong suit but but you talk about coach wallace uh coach bill wallace is uh william Lunt high school's uh gym's named after him so i, I think there was a certain level of success had there and uh and what can you say about coach wallace i mean uh we talked to, to earl mcmahon we talked to a lot of different guys back in those days that coached you coach multiple things. They didn't specialize either. You know, the players weren't mm-hmm. weren't expected to, and then they're coaching all these sports too. What did Bill Wallace mean to you? He meant a lot to me. He was um, he was a great man. Um, uh, he was one of those coaches that was even keel, not a whole lot of shouting, not a whole lot of yelling. Uh, uh, you know, we we had Marvin Boring on the staff uh, that that probably did most of that, but uh, Coach Wallace. Um, uh, uh, as I look back through the years as, as to what he did for me, both uh, confidence and, uh, and you know, pushing me to be better. Uh, he also ended up being a really good friend, you know, uh, after I had graduated, finished college. Uh, you know, uh, when I started coaching my, my son's uh, youth league basketball teams, uh, I actually went back to him and had lunch with him one day and, and basically spent two hours with him just going through what he used to teach us, just getting a refresher on it, so I could take those same things to the floor and teach you know my kids, and it really paid off. We had a great season, and uh, you know he uh, he was one of those one of those men that uh, you glad you had in your life. Uh, mm-hmm. That's for certain. David, I remember him. Uh, he he kind of held his chin up and his head back, and. Um, he would look at you, and he, he had a way of just saying things that convicted you if you felt you could do a little bit better. He always had, uh, from what I heard from the other team, just kind of a statement of expectations. And there's no telling how many wins you guys got, David, in basketball because all of us were distracted by the cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the I, truth <laughs> comes out. I knew it would come up. Yes, we had a excep- exceptional group of cheerleaders <laughs> during my time there. Um, Friendsville was blessed with that. But just for the record, in case my wife's listening, I, I did marry a Lanier girl and uh, live in Lanier now. So uh, you know, I, I think I, I'm safe there for today. There you yeah. go. You're good. You're good to go on that one. <laughs> I'll put La- I'll put Lanier girls with uh, any in the the county. Lotta pretty young ladies to we had the head on the swivel back in those days you have to admit that well you did if you see pictures of boone like with all that hair i don't know what he saw around anything 
This is this is a sports show, right? <laughs> 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 hey, we're going. We're going Hall's letter here. All especially yeah. when Boone start talking. I was going to say. Well, he's telling it like it was. Yeah. If he keeps uh, talking, though, I might be able to get a date service as a sponsor, though. Or yeah, something. I don't absolutely. Know. Yeah, he's been posting <laughs> stuff on Facebook here lately. All his pictures from high school and bringing back a lot of memories because yeah. I knew some of those ladies as well. So. <laughs> But, uh, but Dave, you, you know, you talk about basketball being your first love, and, and then you stepped into football. As you, as you went through your four years at Friendsville, did, did that balance at all, or were you still always – you preferred basketball, or, or, or what, how did that dynamic kind of work through? Did you ever think about quitting one or the other? No, I never did think about quitting. But I will say that the preference for sports started changing my junior year in high school. Um, you know, quite frankly, I, I realized that I was never going to be able to play anywhere playing, you know, basketball on the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and, and Coach Wallace had talked to me and so had the Coach Boring that I might have a chance to play on Saturday someday if, you know, because I, I had good academics. I had no issues there. And, uh, that, that, and so I began focusing really on that. I played basketball my uh, junior and senior year. I was on the team. Uh I was probably the sixth man, probably that went in a lot of times. We had some great basketball players at Friendsville, and uh, but I, you know, I really it became a, a, a sport for me to further condition, mm. uh, to stay conditioned. You know, the Friendsville we didn't have real weight programs like they do at Alcoa, Maryville, and some of these high schools now. Uh, we didn't have training programs like that. So uh, the one thing that I had was lucky to have developed and really from riding a bicycle all over Miser Station in Friendsville as a kid uh, was speed. I was I, I, I could run and uh, and and I was quick and th- those things carried me uh, you know through football because I really didn't have that you know the strength that these kids today have not even close. Well, well you, Dave, you you take the uh, Blount County's top one hundred with you and uh, you go into Maryville College and uh, that's where. Uh, you and I became closer friends, and, and we met this guy named Tony Iruli. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds, it. sounds like that's a book that we're going to have to unfold after the break. That looks like that might be a thick one. but It would be. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take us a break, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Maryville College Scott years for Mr. Dave Evans. We'll talk about it on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com 
or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help, they can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com 970-7132 Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner, Coach Tony Iruli, and the special guest, David Evans, in studio today. Uh, David, we, uh, we we hit the donuts during the break. Booner's, <laughs> I, Boon, I think Booner's on his second, maybe third donut. I he think he's third right now. He emptied he's one rolling. bag. I don't know what that means. but Tony, last Friday was National Donut Day. So he's catching up, well, I, I guess. Tell you I tell you what, you invited me last Friday. Heck, I would have brought about two boxes full for you. Look at that. You got to make up for it, man. <laughs> yeah. Booner's looking a little thin there. I think he needs to hit another 12-pack there. <laughs> he's working on it. He's working on it. 
Oh, but I, I tell you, I, I I say this a lot when when we go to break. We'll we'll continue to have conversation, yeah. and I swear I'm like. We gotta t- keep the we gotta keep the mics turned on or something because good stuff happens during the break. We were gonna go to Maryville College, but but I think uh, we we talked about some of the 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 big guys that that maybe we hadn't mentioned, and I like putting names out there because those guys are, are you know they're, they're they're reasons why Blunt County was great too. Let's let's uh, let's give a little shout out to to the big Mike. Big tell, Mike Dunlap. Tell the son story. That's yeah, a good one. I, you know. <laughs> He was uh, played offensive tackle for uh, Porter, and uh, seemed like I was always as a defensive tackle on his side of the ball. You drew that number. That's cool. Yeah, well, that was always <laughs> the one I had on that side. I played on their strong side, so that's where you know Big Mike was. But uh, he was a good friend, actually. We rode around Midland together uh, some, and uh, but uh, every time I put my hand on the ground, uh, you know, if, if it was still in the early, you know, still before it got dark on a Friday night. There they, they was a dark shadow where my hand went down <laughs> due to the size of that monster. And uh, playing against him, uh, you know, just trying to – he was tall, big, had a huge reach, and it, trying to get out from under that uh, and get, and get you know, where I needed to be based on whatever defense we were in was a t- phenomenal challenge. Great football player, but a great guy too. He did not stop uh, – we had a chance to beat them, David, and uh, they were favored by 36 points. We tried to sneak in there on the goal line with the fullback, and we actually felt we were over the line, but there were such a pileup. He was like, I'm just going to keep knocking you guys back. And by the time they pulled the bodies off, we were short. But uh, that that's evidence of him just saying, I'm not going to quit at the whistle. I'm just going to keep going until the official pulls me away. Yeah, no, he's, he, he, he went from whistle to whistle and, uh, you know, yeah, you know, Walland. Uh, you know they had a they had a great offensive tackle named Callhorn. Uh, great big uh, guy, probably about six three or so. Uh, he was another one of those. He wasn't quite as heavy as Big Mike, but you know he was uh, very athletic and very very difficult to beat off the ball and and you know get to where you're supposed to be in your defensive configuration. And uh, but he was a good guy as well. Uh, you know, a lot of those Walland guys. You know, playing against the Wallen guys too. You know, you had, um, uh, you know, I played. By the time we played them, I was playing. Uh, I played center against the Compton boys, uh, the Compton brothers. Uh, two of the most uh, most fierce football players you'll ever play against. <clears throat> I remember playing center against David Compton, snapping the football. One second he's there, next second he's in the backfield, and I, I think that's when I began modifying my blocking technique to deal. I mean, it wasn't one of those situations where you could just fire off the ball on him, put a shoulder, put a helmet between him and the ball, you know, play side, and expect to do anything with him because he wouldn't be there. <laughs> so you had to – I still to this day call it a hop block, <laughs> but basically snap, hop to one side and force him to the side you want him to go. Right. And and if you didn't, if, if you didn't uh, you know, give, give way with him quickly and, and go with him, he would outrun you around that way too. But he was a, a phenomenal football player and somebody that I greatly respected during that time. Porter had Andy Lequire, big All East Tennessee State player. I'll never forget him. Just sweat all over him, and his his jersey was a different color blue. <laughs> Greenback had Tim Hammontree, Tony Lingenfelter, um, Mike Evans. Yeah, they had Roger Hampton too. I mean, he his daddy and mine worked together out at, out at the Air National Guard base, and he was about my size. He and I went at it two or three times, great football player as well in his own right. Um, uh, he ended up getting his knee hurt against us. And, you know, quite frankly, I had something to do with that because I got 
I basically got my feet cut out from under me and I went down to the ground and went down and slid down his knee and, and wow. caused that problem. And to this day, it still bothers me because he was a great guy and a good friend at that time. And I knew his daddy real well. But uh, there were so many great football players in this county, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to remember them all. But oh, absolutely. Th- there are several that made great impressions on me during that time. And, and Lanier had uh, had a phenomenal number of players, you know, Barry Whitehead, Benny Poe, uh, Kenny Allman. Uh, you know, Ted and, and Mark Best, you know, uh, all those guys were tremendous athletes. The Ray Huffs, the Huffstetlers, there was, a, you know, families of them oh, down absolutely. there like the Booners that just kept coming out of the out of Happy Valley, I think. <laughs> and uh, After the third one, did you not recall yourself saying, dang, how many more they got? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I – you know, you, you say that in jest, but there were a couple of times playing Wallen and uh, Lanier. is like, how many of these brothers are they, <laughs> you know? You know, when they consolidated the high schools in the late 70s, they really took away uh, those community schools, didn't it? I mean, when you think, uh, you know, you have Wallen and Townsend, Everett, uh, yeah. then Lanier and, and Porter, Trenzel, yeah. Porter. I mean, uh, great traditions through the years and great memories. And that's all really kind of evaporating because of, you know, of of time and patches right now. But people forget what dominant programs they were in their level of, of uh, competition. Well, absolutely. I have some pretty strong emotions here. You I know, know you do. It, you know, there were you – know, let's just stick with Blunt County and single-A programs. We had six single-A programs. And, you know, ever let's just say every, every team fielded 50 players. Yeah. Maybe not much. Let's just say it's an average of 50. You had 300 kids that were on a football field. Ever ever season, and let's say that each one of those teams had twenty two starters, mm-hmm. you know, times six, yeah. and you do the math there, and then so you had a tremendous volume of, of young men that were getting the opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, if you just stick with the county, not Maryland and Alcoa, but if you look at you know you got these consolidated schools now, uh, they may have eighty that come out for for the team, maybe slightly more. Uh, but you got 160 kids now that are playing football, and out of that group, you've only got 44 that yeah, are started. that are getting really getting playing time. And, and so, to me, uh, that's a tremendous loss for the community uh, overall. And more importantly, this the you know the the Friendsville, the Wallen, the Townsend, uh, Porter communities, the schools were the heartbeat. The high schools were mm-hmm. the heartbeat of those communities, and the sports that went along with them. And so it was – to me, it was just really hard to see, you know, my high school go away. Uh, for my wife, it was hard for her mm-hmm. to see Lanier go away. And those and communities haven't really grown since. It, I think it's yeah. – you got elementary schools there, but it's just not the same. It's not the same, yeah. No, and, and, and now we're trying to close Lanier Elementary. So, yeah. you yeah. know, that is just a situation that, uh, you know, it's just to me unacceptable. Yeah. yeah I, I get a chance absolutely. to do friends with a lot because I watch Carol's uh, – Family are from Friendsville, live on Disco Loop Road, and mm-hmm. and you drive through the town, and it's just really no uh, uh, growth at all there, probably in the last 40 years at uh, least. I, I just drove through there the other day. Very sad. Very you sad. know, I, I sit there, and, and, and again, I, I have an interesting view because I, I came in late. I, I've just been in Blount County about four years. Uh, so, But hearing all these stories, you know, and, and, and again, Boone's – you know, all jokes aside, I give him a hard time, but man, he's he's well a, he's well a he's a blunt county hey encyclopedia. But uh, but you know, you, you talk about all those small communities. You know, if you had consolidation back then, do you do you? And I think these coaches go places and they have success somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but do you have a, a Jack Renfro? You know, does he does he have that spot? 
that he had at Wallen and how he, how he transitioned up through. Do you have a Coach Skip? You know, do you have a Coach Wallace? I mean, all of that 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 infrastructure that's built Blunt County to what we we hold it to today. I mean, it's a it it is it's the high school football capital of Tennessee, and I I would say a southern part of the region of the United States, but mm-hmm. but. You know, I think that's a really good point. You know, consolidation has its pros, but yes, also it, it has its cons. And and yeah. and the thing is, is the the impact of the community uh, is something that it, it's had. Uh, but hopefully, in these uh, these short hours uh, here, you know, that we we get to do. We've talked to Earl. We've talked to to David now. And and, and we've it, the cool thing, Boone is is. I, you know, because I'm cataloging names. You know, I'm like, you know, and Kenny Almond is one that's come up multiple times. Uh, but a lot of the, there's there's different names for everybody, and and the thing is, the names just keep coming. I'm sure if we have another guest in a, in a couple weeks, the names would just keep coming. And and yeah, that so that's a really good point about the guys who had opportunities, because there may be guys right now that sit on a roster that have every opportunity to be a great player, a shadow on a on a hand on, on the offensive line. And just they don't see the field because you can only play eleven at a time. Sure, that's right. And I th- I think that that's detrimental to the overall development of some of these kids. But you know that's yeah I know it saves money. Uh, yeah. Uh, and but now as the Blunt County is growing, you're seeing discussion about other you know facilities, and you just have to wonder if we just left it alone. Yeah. And you know took right. care of the schools, and you know uh, as the as the county expands, and you know the particularly toward the Lanier area, you know, they're talking about closing Lanier Elementary, but, you know, the place in the county for growth is to the southwest down through there, down 411 and out in that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you've not, you're, you know, I've had several people stop and try to ask me about buying my farm and uh, for buying pieces of it for, uh, you know, uh, subdivisions. So hmm. it's, it's going to grow. Oh, absolutely. But but as you, as you exited uh, Friendsville, Yes. Uh, you 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 had focused on football. Said you you mm-hmm. kind of conditioned through basketball, but focused on football. You had the opportunity uh, to go meet these two guys. Oh, uh, you you'd battled up with Boone a little bit, and then you met a uh, a fiery Italian uh, <laughs> oh, there, in, uh, <laughs> there at Maryville College in Tony Iruli, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I showed up as a freshman in '77. Uh, it was a huge eye-opening experience for me. You know, I had played football where I was one of the bigger guys on the field a lot of time, and uh, and I showed up there, and there were quite a few people my size, <laughs> and uh, and there were and the speed differential. Uh, you know, a lot of people look at Maryville College and you know you know small college football, but you know I'd like to remind the the listeners that uh, back in that day, uh, there weren't the NAIA schools that are spread all over the southeast like they are now. And they, we had a tremendous amount of talent that come up out of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the kids that didn't go to proper NCAA one or two programs. You know, Maryville College is one of the you know Division three programs that sure. was just right up the hill, so to speak. So, you know, talent like Tony and a lot of our players came from Florida. We had a lot of New Jersey players like Wayne Dunn that come down. Yeah. Just tremendous football players that come out of programs that uh, – you know, we're, we're very advanced. And so going to that uh, was a tremendous uh, eye-opening experience for me. See, what people don't realize, back back in the, those days in the 70s and 60s, uh, you know, if you were from Florida, you just had Florida, Florida State, Miami, Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M. Those were the five schools. Oh, wow. So if you didn't no go UCF. to those schools, <laughs> no, if you didn't go to those schools, you had to go out of state. And in the state of Georgia, you had Georgia, Georgia Tech, 
at Albany State and uh, one other uh, other school like there, South so, Georgia, South Georgia, and so that was it there. So you know, if you didn't go to those schools, Maryville was one of the closest schools in the South coming up from Georgia and Florida, oh, wow. and so we had great talent yeah, well, at, at at the Division three level, which really. It, you know, even though we were Division three, we didn't have Division three talent that played uh, at at uh, Maryville College, including Dave. No, no, no absolutely Dave. not. I, you know, I learned pretty quickly that, you know, that this was more like playing Division two NCAA uh, yeah. at the time. It really uh, was. It really that, was. I, I, I firmly feel that's where the talent was at. Uh, and the New, the New Jersey guys, <laughs> they came to Maryville because we were very prominent in wrestling. Mm. And Donna Leah, a longtime coach, who later coached at Carson Newman in East Tennessee, he would recruit those kids from New Jersey, Wayne Dunn and mm-hmm. Bob Valentine and those guys right yeah. there. And so we had uh, you know, great talent coming from different parts of the country. And yeah. it's amazing that multi-sport side of things, like wrestlers. They they say a lot of times wrestlers are really good football players because they oh, know how to yeah. use they know how to use their body. They know that leverage and, and, tough. and they do. Tough. And, and but but what about the recruitment process? Like, did you did you kind of just know the whole time you were going to Maryville College, or, or was there some uh, was there some decision? Well, you know, going into my senior season, you know, I had I, you know I'd had Tennessee had actually talked to me some, but by the time I finished my high school season and I was you know six one two twenty five from losing all the weight, I really wasn't a candidate to play on that level anymore. Uh, I'd gone to camp at Carson Newman a couple of times. And they did offer me an opportunity to play there, but you know, NCAA, you know, Division Two doesn't always offer full rise and things right. of that nature to the, their players. They often save that money for the Division One transfers. Uh, right. Tony knows all about that. Uh, and then, uh, so you know, Maryville College come knocking on the door. Jim Jordan, uh, coach at that time, uh, and uh, you know, really, you know, I came out of high school and got. Sounds like I'm bragging, but the reality was I was valedictorian in my class. I had really good academics, and I was able to go to MC on a uh, presidential scholarship, live at home. And, uh, you know, when I graduated from MC after four years, I had $1,100 in student debt uh, at a school that was compared to the state schools then was very expensive. So that made the decision to go to that school very easy, and I'm so glad that I went there. Uh, you know, it, it changed the course of my life. Hey, David, my freshman year, I lived on campus, paid thirty-two hundred a year. <laughs> Senior year, it was forty-five hundred dollars living on campus at Maryville College. Yep. Go well, check it out. Uh, inflation. Yeah. Well, it's about fifty thousand dollars now. So, <laughs> I, so I still think we had a pretty good deal back in those days. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, but still, yeah. But they, you know, I showed up at that place, and uh, you know. Um, Found myself on Hamburger Squad pretty quick because uh, yeah, I just wasn't physically ready to play with these 20, 19, 20, 21-year-old players. And uh, played on Hamburger Squad for probably half the season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, starting to have doubts. You know, give, really, us, give us a little background. Hamburger Squad, is that scout that's practice team? practice squad, yeah. scout team. Yeah, I call it Hamburger. We got ground up every day. <laughs> <laughs> But and, you know, I, and you know, one of the coaches had mentioned to me, you know, if, if you want to get out of here, you got to do something. So uh, one day in practice, uh, we were going against the number one D, and uh, you know, we we threw the football, and uh, and uh, Steve Savage uh, yep. p- picked off the pass. Yep. Great safety, mm-hmm. um, good old Georgia Southern boy. I always yep. had a child back in his mouth while he was playing. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Dave's right; he would chew. 
tobacco. All right. While he's playing, him and Ken Hanna. Yeah. They would what they would do. They would cut off half of their mouthpiece. Kevin Riley also did this. Yes. <laughs> cut he off was, half he of would their spit mouthpiece on the other players and put a plug of chewing tobacco in you their know. mouth and would play. Like that all the time. And I'm from Florida. I said, oh, my God. Is that one of those? And Raleigh was a New, George, New yeah, Jersey yeah, boy. Yeah. That shocked me. Is that one of them boys that Boone you told spit on your hand? Who's that? Yeah. Raleigh would go up there and he would talk about the guy's mother. In the second down, he would spit on his hand. In the third down, he would spit on his helmet. And then by then, the guy was swinging at him and they would throw a flag on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Maryville. Street, that was a street smart New Jersey boy. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, he was Kevin Riley. Was Kevin Riley. Else. I can yeah. talk about him some more, but yeah. you know that that particular day with Savage, uh, you know, he intercepted the ball, and of course he was multi year starter. And yeah. I don't, you know, I'd been trained all my life. Ball gets intercepted, uh, you go after it. So mm. I took off after him, and I blasted him, and uh, he come up swinging. Oh. And, uh, you know, he was angry because the freshman had, you know, this freshman had hit this senior, you know, and uh, 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 Coach Jordan and players broke it up. But after that practice uh, is when I, when I started moving up the depth chart and, and got myself. And I, I told this story to my sons, but it got me noticed and got me pushed up. And, you know, the, the good thing about that freshman year is it got me up into the – actually got me on the dressing squad, yeah, got me going to game, travel team. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the year, unfortunately, due to uh, injuries to a couple of offensive linemen, I found myself starting yeah. by the Hampton-Sydney game. Right. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I tell a story to everybody. You know, I really – Hampton-Sydney was, a, was a, a power back then. And right. And we were playing them in a really muddy, rainy day. And, uh, you know, basically I got stood up in the hole. Mm -hmm. And Joe Lombardo, yep, fullback, New uh, blasted me in the back yeah. and just absolutely bent me in like a pretzel yeah. or snapped me like a pretzel. <laughs> I come back to the huddle and I was holding everything, trying to keep from calling for mama. <laughs> and uh, he looks at me and he goes, get your big yeah, yeah. out of like, the way, like, yeah. you know? So that, that taught me a lesson. Never stop your feet. Never get stood up. <laughs> right, that's right. Especially when Joe got the ball. Behind <laughs> yeah. Hey, wow. uh, hey Dave, we, we were famous in, in, I insist to this day that offensive line. I call them the wide bodies. Eddie West, Kevin <laughs> Riley, uh, you know Steve Sarati, Steve Sarati, Steve Sarati, yeah, Steve, uh, Steve Savage was so good at safety. One time we had some injuries. Uh, this was before the time you were talking about. We moved him into guard. But uh, Tony, those guys, they didn't split very wide. Uh, we had almost half the field covered. How did you get through those guys? Is what I want to know. Well, you'd have to really penetrate in the gaps between them and just turn those shoulders and just try to make yourself small. You couldn't hit those guys squared on. And yeah. But uh, like I said, we just had real, really a lot of talent, uh, especially at the offensive line. Uh, you know, Lee Struble, Chip Krug, you mm -hmm. know, our, during our early days. I mean, it, it, the offensive line was really a well-maintained, well-coached part of our, our offensive group. And so it just continued, and when the the group of linemen came, that came in with Dave, they just went ahead and stepped right in there. And even today, those those four years from 76 to 79 is the best four years ever in Maryville College history. Yep. And uh, that's basically because we were getting guys like David and those other guys that we mentioned that uh, you know really were outstanding football players. Let, let's hear some David stories from you guys. Do you guys remember some, some oh, big I, moments? Oh, Dave knows what I'm talking I was about. like, oh. here goes Tony. Dave and I, you know, Dave – 
especially our junior and senior year. You know, Dave was was starting center, and I was starting middle linebacker, and uh, we would, uh, uh, you know, we didn't have you know 150 guys on the team. You know, it was you know basically about 70 guys on the team. 70. And so whenever you know, we would practice, you know, half a practice, uh, the the the. The, the starting offense would run the scout plays of our opponent, and, and the defense would line up. Then the defense would line up, uh, would run the uh, the scout team for the offense. So we were trading back and forth. Well, Dave's the center, I'm the middle linebacker. So guess who has to block me every single time? <laughs> Dave would. And, uh, you know, so we would go at it. I mean, the thing about Dave is he, he's not a 98, 99% guy. I mean, he's 100 guy every single play, which made me better because I had to go hard every time because if not, he's going to blow me up. <laughs> and so we had one of those practices that we went hard at each other every single day. Well, I think we got so physical and so competitive during practice, you know, you know, the pushing and shoving we would do in between plays continued all the way into the locker room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where – Shoulder pads and helmets were being thrown at each other, and players were coming in and breaking us up and all that. And you know, after we were done, we hugged each other, loved each other, and all that. But uh, we were just very competitive. Boone's throwing water on y'all, just saying, yeah, it out, you know, boys. yeah. Boone's getting the heck out of the way because <laughs> you because know, that whole locker room got destroyed and all that. But you know, but when you go against guys like David, it made you better in practice. You improve as a ball player through practice and practicing hard. And, uh, you know, and so going against Dave made me a better linebacker because I knew I had to be at my very best every single practice, didn't matter what drill it was and all that. I mean, uh, you know, so uh, it, it, the success I had on the field was largely due I, because I practiced against the best linemen right. that I ever went against. Well, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Tennessee fan, yeah. and, and so I, when, I, when I listened about – Oh, how this scrimmage went or how this practice went. If the offense wins all the scrimmages, I don't look at it and go, man, I bet you our offense is really good. I'm like, how bad is that defense? Yeah. Like, it just, it, it, like, that's what, but if it goes back and forth, I'm like, we might have some good exactly. players. We've got some guys that want to dig deep. And mm-hmm. so I think that way. So, no, that's great. That's a great point because, you know, who you, if you're hard practicing, it's, it's like we've had with other guys, the stories of the uphill runs. During sure. the week, if you're always running uphill during the week, Friday night's a lot faster. Well, so. in those days, though, coaches really try to make practices tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, I mean, if you make practices tough, I mean, they're crying to their mommies and daddies. And they don't exactly. play on Saturdays. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but the philosophy was you make those practices tough so that when they actually play in the games, the games are the easy part. Right. They're fast. Vince yeah, Lombardi, yeah. all those coaches in that era, that's the way we practice and all that. And, you know, Kind of worked for us, Dave. Hey, Dave, Dave, you had your hands full because one year we had to be up there at 5 o'clock in the morning. It was before breakfast, and we'd run a mile or exactly. two miles. Yeah. And you're living off campus. Yes, I, sir. I was a little bit – I remember rolling out of that bed, and I'm too young for these joints to be feeling like that. And we had a guy <laughs> named Vinny Fucci yep. from uh, Pumper and Turner from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. He would bounce out of that bed, and he was full speed as soon as the feet hit the floor. And I'm thinking, how does this guy do it? But then we at noon we had the, all the kick practices. Mm-hmm. Then we had another practice, mm-hmm. and I was trying to hold down a job in between practice three times a yeah, day. You really, absolutely, yeah. I was doing the same thing. I was working down there at the Jolly or the, the Giant Food Jolly Giant, the Giant Food Market yeah. part time, trying to make enough gas money to be able to drive back and forth to MC. See, but, in those days we would have three day practices, right? Three day. You, you imagine doing a three day practice oh, I nowadays? Those. I mean, you know, that was brutal. 
Yeah. I lived on Geritol. You remember what that stuff was yeah. back then? Yeah. <laughs> I took Geritol all the time because I was just absolutely washed, you know, of everything after about three days or three a days. Yeah. I mean, every reserve thing you had was starting to, to go away. And But, you know, you mentioned it, you know, how hard we worked in practice. You know, that, that was one of the big changes for me mm-hmm. coming from high school, how much running, just actual running you did every day uh, and in, in the off season. Coach Fickert, uh, by far my favorite coach at MC, uh, was a coach that drove you so hard in practice. It was just relentless. And then, But when you played on Saturday, uh, I'm going to tell you something about when fourth quarter rolled around, you weren't even tired yet. Mm. And it paid off then, and mm-hmm. I think it made us a, a much more disciplined and, and conditioned team that we could play with bigger teams. And I think it's a lot of the reason we beat Carson Newman in 79. Sure, sure. We were in better shape than they were yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, toward the end of the game. First of the game was tough yeah. business. But, but you know, we only won that game 15 to 15 and 7. 15 to 7. But toward the end of the game, the, those, these guys were reaching for the knees and putting hands on the pads and looking down at the ground. And we were all looking at each other going, let's go again, yeah, you know. Yeah. Hey, Dave, and with look- me working at – coaching at Carson New, and I kind of every now and then gently remind him <laughs> that I am the only coach on the staff that has actually beaten Carson Newman. So that was – boy. Right. But, but you're right because, you know, we would run gassers, you know, with Coach Fickert, and he would increase the gassers as the season. You know, we would start with six gassers at the end of practice early year. By the end of the season, we're doing about 30 gassers. He increased over there. And under <laughs> uh, Coach uh, uh, Jim Jordan, we would do Burma Road yeah. as our conditioner, yeah. which uh, I it, remember that. it was like a, a military obstacle course that we had to go through and all that. Yeah, we won a lot of games on Mondays with that Burma Road. Oh. Guys, let's take a break and come yeah. back and tell some uh, Jim jo- uh, Steve Fickert crying in the locker room stories. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. We're going to take a break. Listen to these great sponsors. Toughness and Maryville College were married together in the 70s. That is what I took from this topic. But let's jump to it again. On the flip side of the break, you're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back. Come on back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. This is the year to rock your swimming pool with Rule King, your source for pool supplies at the lowest prices every day. Aquamate Pool Shock is great for giving your pool a quick chlorine boost to help balance your pool chemistry, and it's just $2.59 for a one-pound bag. Once balanced, maintain the chlorine with Aquamate 3-inch giant pool tablets. Pick up 24 and a half pounds for just $57.99. Check out all the pool supplies at your neighborhood Rural King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. 
They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM Stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner. Tony Iruli and special guest David Evans. Again, David, uh, appreciate you being in here. You believe it's 54 past the hour. We got six minutes to go till the top of the hour. I feel like we just got started. I do too. Uh, uh, Tony and I were just talking. It feels like we've been at it about 30 minutes. Yeah. Can I suggest a part two of this? So we're down it, the road. It may have to happen. Yeah, there's I think there's so. still I mean, too much to touched. What uh, Dave's career has been. But, on and uh, off the football field. I know, right? And, and the thing is, he's he's got he's got four sons that he's he's amazingly proud of. That's had great great times at, at sports and and mm-hmm. different things in their own right. So things that I like to expose. You know, again, Correct. Blunt County is is great at 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 the the level. But then when you have kids, it's great. And then I mean, if if we get to grandkids, that's probably going to be good too if they stick around here. I got one coming. Absolutely. Congratulations. Well, I got uh, seven, so I yeah, yeah, you do. I'm, I have a hard time keeping up with their names. And once again, you're kicking my tail. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't have very much to do with this. Oh. 
Oh, but Boone, you you threw out a a story and and it seemed to to kind of get everybody going. What what was you wanting him to talk about? Steve Fickert had a knack like Vince Lombardi. He would survey the situation. We were in there at halftime. We were getting our butts kicked, and the referees, uh, based on our perception, were contributing as much as they could to that. You think Barry Mathis would have appreciated that comment, Boone? Uh, Barry, well, yeah, because he was in the locker room <laughs> as a player. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But Jordan seized on that, and I'll hand off to you guys. I remember tears just years later. I thought, oh, we took him so serious. But he was crying, drenching tears falling from the eyes to the cheeks to the elbows to the knees, and we were the underdogs of the world. Do you guys remember that? No, I do. I mean, very clearly. He was a super emotional coach, and uh, he let it all hang out. I mean, there was no uh, stoic whatever with him. I mean, I mean, he he motivated you. And Booner, what you said is, you know, we 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 bought it. And I, but I I truly believe that it was real. I mean, he he was fiercely loyal to his players, and but he absolutely pushed us to the maximum level and challenged us every day. You know, I got a lot of stories about him, but the, the, the one that, that, you know, tickles me the most is uh, one day we're in practice. I mean, I'm playing center, and uh, we're, we're playing against a 4-4 defense that week. I can't remember who it was. My job was to, go, was to you know, go play side, look back, pick up you know, the linebacker. Probably me. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, was a, it was the weak side linebacker, yeah. go out, pick that backer up. Well, that backer and that particular play, for whatever reason, just took themselves out of it. And I went on downfield, and you know, yeah. I, I found me a you know a, a you know a safety scout squad safety, and yeah. cleaned them up, you know, and, <laughs> and and I come running back to the huddle. I call the huddle. I put my hands down on my knees. I'm waiting for the quarterback, you know, Barry or who, yeah. uh, Charlie Hicks, and I can't yeah. remember which one. Step in and you know call the play. And all of a sudden, something hit me right in the back of the helmet and just knocked me to the ground. And I jumped up. I thought it was that. You know, the D-back that I just plastered coming back <laughs> yeah. to get revenge. And there stood Coach Fickert, all five foot six of him, if, if that. Just, I mean, absolutely tears coming out of his eyes, uh, bulging, bulging eyes, and yelling at me. And for the first 30 seconds, I couldn't even register what he was saying. And finally, I figured out he was screaming, what was your job? And I looked and I said, Coach, my job was to get the, you know, the backside linebacker. And he went, what did you do? You know, and I said, well, I, what? he wasn't there. I went on downfield. He said, if I tell you to get the backside linebacker, you follow him in the stands to his mama if he goes up there. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, so I remember that so well. And uh, that, that day after practice, I'm sitting there at my locker. And I'm looking down at my feet, and all of a sudden, these two little bitty feet come up. And, of course, Coach Figured had really small feet. Probably, <laughs> I don't think he wore men's eight. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm looking down. I know who they are immediately. And he looked at me, and he said, Dave, I'm sorry. I hit you. You did a good job today. And he turned around and walked off. <laughs> and, you know, that stuck with me. Um, uh, and I could hear myself saying the same things as a youth football coach. Sure. Who? What was your assignment? You know, and uh, – so uh, that's a very fond memory I have of him. Another one I have of him is we went up where Bluefield State was it, Tony, mm -hmm. something like that, and we went up there and the field was like a hayfield. You remember that? Yeah, I mean it was the in grass was real high, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it was because we had two stud running backs named Alvin Nance and Ken Adair, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we were fast. We had great speed. And they'd let the grass grow up. I think That's right. they wanted to slow us down. Slow you down. And I remember walking out. We got off the bus, and we went out to do our, our pregame practice <laughs> uh, you know, on a Friday. 
And basically, uh, he just told them, we're not playing tomorrow unless you cut this grass. Yeah. <laughs> he just turned around and walked off. You could off. just buy a hay off that grass. And they cut it. They did. Yeah, and we beat the fool out of them. <laughs> How many bales of hay did they get? Oh, I don't know. They're still feeding the cows up there with all that. <laughs> you, you guys might have rolled up a little bit of that on them. But uh, we've hit the top of the hour. And, Man, and we nice. still wow. got a lot to go. Wow. Uh, hopefully we'll have you back, Dave. Again, appreciate you coming in. It's always great talking. Yeah, my pleasure. I'll be back anytime you need me. Hey, thanks so much. But, hey, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on. We'll see you Monday as we grind it for another week right here on WKBL. We'll be right back. Yeah,